0: This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampinato. This is the Stick Play Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Stickblade Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen you all, so with that in mind, it's been a minute, um, a little bit to talk about on tonight's show. Um, For your host tonight, Jordan Lenskip, for my co-host, Nick Page, and Tim Stampinato. everybody, welcome to the show. If you're not familiar with us, we're the Chicago Blackhawks and Detroit Riving's podcast. We talk about all things regarding both teams. On the show, topics for tonight, um, we're going to be talking about the prospect games that went down this past week. We're getting really close to preseason. Preseason actually starts next week. So we're going to really start seeing hockey in full swing as of next week. It's been a long off season. There's only a little bit more of this. And then we're officially back in the rotation. Um, First things first, though. Congratulations to friend of the podcast, Dave Radke. Um, For anybody who's not familiar with him. He was a guest that we had on the show a while back. We talked to him and his brother about an analytics model that they were working on regarding like the chip tracking technology that the NHL used at the playoffs. And he's working with the Chicago Blackhawks now and with their analytics department. That's kind of cool to see somebody who we knew him before they got with a club like this. So awesome. Shout out to him. Congratulations
1: yeah that's going to be absolutely fantastic just with some of the new innovations and getting them on i could have talked to them for hours with the way that they they were viewing analytics and what they were bringing to the table taking that and seeing that knowledge and that like those concepts maybe go to the blackhawks see what they're going to have with him with what they want him to bring to the table yeah it's cool to get to say uh, we knew him when kind of thing
2: but no, we're gonna man we're gonna be rooting for him that's too cool
0: I think you're muted, Nick. <laughs> what, what are you he, looking? What are you looking? But either way, like I think it's really cool to see somebody get into an organization. And the thing is like he was obviously qualified. That's why they hired him. But to get to see like the genius before the genius got to work with a club like this, that's a really cool thing.
1: 100%. Um
0: for tonight's show, like I said, we're going to be talking about the prospect games that happened for the Wings and the Hawks. Um, a couple of other pieces of news really quick. The hiring of Patrick Sharp for the Hawks broadcast team. And there's one other thing for the Hawks who's I'm blanking. Um, help me, Tim.
2: Hosa. Hosa night,
0: Yes, oh, yeah. Marion Hosa. His yep. jersey will be retired on, what is it, November 20th, 20th I believe?
1: 20th against the Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: Okay, so that'll be Jersey retirement. So for anybody in the Chicago area who plans to go to that game, that'll be the Jersey retirement night. Um, in terms of wings news, there's only really one piece of news that I want to talk about. And it's Simon Edvinson. He's the player who a lot of people were looking at the season going, Hey, this is going to be more insider 2.0. He's still slated to probably make the NHL roster, but it looks like this is going to be a transition year for him. He's probably not going to just instantly step in and be number one defenseman like Moritz Sider was. And you know what? That's OK. Not every player gets to do that. I mean, we were talking just a second ago. Teams get that maybe once every 10 years. So kind of just talking about what that transition period might look like for him. With I
1: mean, that, also, yeah. I was going to say, you almost don't want, I know we're going to jump right into this, but yeah, you you almost don't want everyone to be able to jump right into the league. That might not be you know the best for his development cider. It would have been a waste to put him anywhere else.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's just jump right into the prospects though. It. First. So the wings and the Hawks prospects have already started playing games against other teams prospects. And yes, it's, it's kind of like the preseason, but it's not the preseason because you don't have quite all of your prospect pool there playing. Just initial pr- impressions, Tim and Nick, from you guys in regards to like what you guys saw from the Hawks' prospects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously the number one thing for me that jumped out, uh, and we're going to get into some of the more specific, like the newer names, but it'd be crazy to not start on Lucas Reichel. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, uh, we were talking about this a little bit. Man, he looks good. He he's only 20 years old. He put on weight in the offseason. He worked on building his strength up and he came into this prospect camp looking like a man among boys, which is super exciting. His zone entries were clean. He was, you know, holding on to the puck, wasn't getting out muscled or anything like that. I was really excited to see that
2: combination of speed, skill, and strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. It's looked like he really spent this offseason kind of. He, he wants to earn that role to, he wants mm. to start the NHL next season. He doesn't want to be up. This is his chance to really take over and hell he could throw, he could throw him right into the top six if it really all works out. And I, I like what I've seen in him, like just seeing him in interviews too. You could tell he got bigger. Like he was a scrawny little thing when they drafted yeah. him. Like he, was t- he was tall, but like a twig. So I, I'm really excited for Reichel. I think that next step is really going to, I think, it, I think he hits, he goes into the season with stride. Uh Another name I liked a lot. I liked uh, Samuel Savoie. Yeah. Savoy. All right. I'm glad you're touching he, on re- him. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of like an Andrew Shaw type. He plays with an edge. Yeah. Uh, he he does commit some dumb penalties. I think that's it It's co- He's coachable though. It's coachable. Again, I that think, happens. Yeah. When you're young and you're trying to make that mark. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, it's, he's a high motor guy and that's what, that's what the Hawks are going to need. Like they've been missing a player like Andrew <laughs> Shaw. Uh, I, obviously again, it's going to be many, it's going to be two, three years down the road, but you know, he, he kind of plays high energy. He's all over the ice. Like he's just buzzing. So that it, it's a really interesting, uh, interesting player to keep an eye on going forward. Well, that's where I really, really liked the line
1: that they had of him and Paul Ludwinski yeah. second round pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, man. That, that line was making space. They were flying everywhere. They were banging and crashing. They had enough skill there that it was like there was a justification for being on the ice. It wasn't just a wrecking crew. They could also clean up too. Uh, really excited to see both of those guys. And I think they also had Michael Templey on that line a decent bit as well. So they had not, some of that like scoring finish on there. Good to see some guys... We heard Davidson talk about this. He's looking for motor. He's looking for high energy. He's looking for work ethic. That was a line that encapsulated all of that. And it was cool to see some forward lines from like these younger guys, especially that are, they're ready to mix it up. They're ready to jump right in and make a name for themselves. That's exciting.
0: I mean, I'm trying to remember was, um, what's it? I'm blanking on the goalie, who you guys have, um, uh, Drew Kameso, was Drew he playing? Cameso?
1: No, none of the uh, college kids. So Frank Nazer, Drew Cameso, a uh, couple of the other, like they were all back at school already. Like their camps were already up and running. So this was all CHL, uh, uh, American Hockey, not American Hockey League, uh, the national team and all that jazz. Uh, so it was all them. The U.S. Hockey League. Okay, uh, basically like
0: North American players. Yep,
1: ex- exactly. The, the ones that aren't college okay. were there. Uh, I'm trying to think defensemen, obviously Kaczynski, like, holy cow, kids got wheels on him. Uh, smooth skating, Nick. Like, I think that's the thing yeah, for me, like smooth. the zone entries. He's clearly able to make the plays as an offensive defenseman. Uh, obviously, the defensive side needs work, but we were saying before this, It's not, sometimes you watch a young defenseman like Boquist, which I love Boquist, but there were times where people were like, defense is going to be a very serious thing. We need to work on this. Kurczynski, it just looks like he's a young defenseman. Like the, the, the typical lapses that come with maturity and age
2: and practice. No, yeah, you're 100%. Like, smooth skating. He, I mean, he fired one off the post in game one, I want to say it was. Yep, uh, yep. So, he has an offensive upside to him. You know, you see it right away. Uh, very – I know everybody gets worried when the Hawks draft an offensive defense. Or just I cares. mean, yeah, because we've got 20, yeah, 20 of them. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, Boquist kind of leaves, like, a salty taste in your ma- – mouth or a sour taste in your mouth. Um, but, again, Korchinski is one of those guys that they're not going to rush up. Like, he's going to – like there is no need for him to call up, call him up. You got t- so many twenty-two and under defensemen that you that need a chance to crack on the roster. So I'm excited about that. I thought Blasic looked awesome. I Blastic think he makes the team. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him even like in. Per- I went to one game in person last year. I thought he took it over and like. He's one of those players that could really be a difference maker.
1: And with uh, Jake McCabe out until at least December, January, that's a whole other spot. I know we had talked about Mitchell and Regula being the two most likely to like fight for spots with the big show. Vlasic is in there now. I think it could be any of the three of them coming up. Uh, Cause you're absolutely right. Vlasic. I heard it described like, he's not like Korchinski where it's like, oh my gosh, phenomenal offensive defenseman, or even like Nolan Allen, where it's like, hey, he's a shutdown guy. You're not going to notice him, but that's a good thing. Vlasic feels like a solid two-way defenseman that can chip in a little bit offensively. He's going to be defensively responsible and he's just a monster presence on the ice.
2: Like that's yeah, really boy.
1: cool to have variety in our defensemen now.
2: Yeah. They're not, they're all not five nine, one seventy nine170 anymore. I mean,
1: <laughs> even yeah, even Kurczynski played the body a couple of times uh, during the prospect games. Like, it's not like he's shying away from contact. He was mixing it up in there too. This was a team watching these prospect games. These were hungry kids. These were kids that were out here. Cole Gutman.
2: Uh, yeah. that's, the, that's the, noticeable. Yeah, Tw- the co- what, college free agent signing 23 year old undrafted free agent, uh, kind of making a big name for himself. It's great. Like, yeah. he looks like he could be a player, he looks like he could be a guy, like not the guy, but a guy doesn't need team. to be. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. have a team of all the guy Like, yeah, need,
1: just be a guy, and you're good. <laughs> be, be somebody who shows yeah. up, lunch pail guy shows up, yeah. does their job. That's what we want, locker <laughs> room guy, guys guy
2: yeah yeah just a team no, full of I, Andrew Shaw's yeah that's fine yeah I, a, lot of I peddling, that. a lot of a lot of pedaling minutes but it's exciting yeah you know <laughs> how um, many people can we fit in a box yeah yeah just stick them all in there uh I liked uh Colton Doc also I mean I know we only got to see very brief that's moment of him nightmare but, scenario yeah very scary injury uh he's gonna be out for a little bit but uh you know he came out strong and which sucks I mean it, it, we've heard this story before. A doc gets injured in the preseason, like a Minnesota in, Wild kid trying to make
1: a name. Yeah, like, huh? I've I've yeah. seen this show before.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: but no, I'm with you. I thought he looked great. I think most likely he's going to be top six minutes in Rockford this year, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's going to be phenomenal for him. Frankly, uh, for those of you that are Isaac Phillips and Jacob Galvis fans, they were healthy scratches. But the argument that I'm seeing left and right is the Blackhawks know what they have in those guys. They've had their cup of coffee up with the show. They know their strengths. They know what they have to work on. Uh, Jordan, you touched on this isn't like preseason games. These prospect tournaments are usually the first time that the coaching staff, and I think for most teams, it's the AHL coaching staff that like Mm -hmm. runs these games. This is their first chance to get a taste of what do we have? Who are all these guys? And it's a chance for like other young guys like Reichel, Vlasic, who've been around to say, hey, this is my next step. This is where we're coming into. Once preseason hits, all these guys will start working out with the team, doing practices with the team, super exciting. Those that don't immediately go back to their you know respective leagues. But like right now, this is the chance to see what we've got. And guys like Phillips and Galvis, we have a good idea. They're going to be good. They're going to be, you know, they've got their roles, but it's, you know, good to see somebody new.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was a, you know, you got to be happy. I mean, the Hawks, lost, so obviously the Hawks lost first game, four, or 5-2. Yeah, we, it, it went off the rails a little bit, but yeah. we
1: lost <laughs> Reichel and Doc in that game. Yeah. Like, that deflates you.
2: Yeah, they they came out buzzing, though. came out, had a strong period. And then, what was it, the second game was 5 nothing. Yup. Yeah. So goalies were
1: a kind of a big deal. Uh, I mean, Jackson Stauber played the, played the whole first game. He stopped 29 to 34 shots. Two of those goals were scored on the power play. Another came out on a two on one rush. Like you can't really fault the guy on some of those, especially in a prospect tournament, like, and especially in a game where you lost two of your best guys, like, and they were, they're two way guys. It's not like they were, Yeah. yeah. But no, Jack Stauber is an interesting one to me. Yeah, he wasn't really is.
2: on the list, and he's risen. Yeah, it's one of those ones that keep it. It's kind of like Lincoln; he came out of nowhere from one one little uh, junior tournament, so it all comes back around. Because what is Jordan? it, right?
1: Oh, that's oh, no, no, sorry. I, I was no, just no, no, gonna. No, no, th- I'm what? trying to think. Arvidson is good. Our Ar- Arvid Ar- Ar- Soderblom is gonna be our number one in Rockford this year. <laughs> I'm guessing Jackson Staubers the backup in Rockford because Mitchell be. or Mitchell Weeks, I think is the third goalie and he's just on an AHL contract. Like, yes. Yeah. Cause Cameso's still at Boston. And I think that's, yeah. I, I, I think right now the general thought is either Arvid Soderblom or Camaso is going to be that goalie of the
2: future. But it's good to see them getting the reps. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, all in all, really good prospect, couple of prospect games against the wild. Drilled. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. While we're on the while we're on the topic of prospects, so you got to kind of go solo for Detroit style tonight. But that's all right. We'll, we'll get to the Hawks news after. While we're on the prospects, you might as well take it away about Detroit. Let's do it.
0: So first off, the Detroit Red Wings prospect group actually looks really good. These three games that so they got to play, they had a great game against Toronto, winning four one. They had another great game. Was it? it was five two, I believe. Yeah, I think it was the five two game that they had, and then they had against Columbus, and then they had a a not so good one against the Dallas stars prospects. I mean, yeah. it was weird though. Like out of everything that we saw, I think there were a couple of really key takeaways to make. Um, I already mentioned it. First off, Simon Edmondson. I know a lot of fans had him hyped up going into the season, hoping he's going to be more excited two two point. Oh, and I've been saying this all season since we've been talking about him. That's unrealistic and unfair expectations. And He didn't dominate competition you would hope that he would have at this level. But that being said, he also wasn't just so standout awful. And is there going to be a transition period for him? Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be one. It's not going to be like Moritz Sater where he immediately steps in, can play top pair minutes stapled with their worst defenseman and just carry him. There will be a transition period here for him. And as much as fans don't like it, I think that's actually okay. I mean, we've kind of been talking about, you know, processes with rebuilds for a while. Part of a process is letting your great players develop if it takes time. Um, Other standout players, though, Piercy. Piercy had a fantastic four goal, game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they had a goal today versus the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Funny enough, Sebastian Koza looked really good. I know a lot of people were grilling on him because of the fact that, you know, he didn't steal Canada games at the world junior championships. And he was basically playing backup. But from what we saw, Sebastian Costa actually looked really good in net. It's, I really don't think he's far off from the grand Rapids Griffins and he's two years removed from drafts. So it's, that's a good trend forward.
1: And goalies develop. Again, we talk all the time about how defensemen develop later than forwards. Goalies develop even later and on a weirder trajectory than anybody else. So the fact that Kosa is where he is now, that's a big deal. I mean, look at where Carter Hart was, you know, took the league by storm and then people figured him out. It's not a bad idea for a guy like Kosa to develop at each level, learn how to take the highs and the lows like he is like, that's really good maturity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Krasanas, a player who, I think a lot of wings fans have been sleeping on has been really good. This, uh you know, three game stretch and Elmer Soderblom, a player who I've been really high on and he's kind of flown under the radar. He's, I think he's like six foot nine or something like that. So pretty big boy. He got drafted in the seventh round and a lot of play- people think, you know, these late round draft picks, you're kind of grasping at straws, hoping one pans out. Even it's like a bottom six forward I don't think he's due for the NHL by Man, any stretch, stretch, but I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see him make the Grand Rapids Griffins this year playing on a bottom six role. And for a seventh round draft pick, that's awesome. But those are kind of like my big takeaways for it. Um, I talked about Edmondson a little bit ago. One thing that was kind of cool to see come up is like, whenever he has a bad game, he immediately hits up Nick Cronwall or Nick Love Lidstrom it. to talk it through the game.
2: That's so cool. Yeah, pretty good to uh, <laughs> defensive to talk to after, you know, kind of. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but we've been saying this for a while on this show culture matters in the professional sports world. And I know a lot of people are like, well, the players determine how good your team is, but yeah, people who've left your organization who had superstar level careers and are willing to help your next group of guys out. That's criminally underrated in terms of a value. And we always say, you know, teams have to find ways to get around the salary cap. That's a way to do it is having superstar players for your prospects to talk to and get walked through with these development games or processes. I think it's a good sign looking at the wings that these players are sticking around with the club and it bodes well for their next group of players.
1: 100%. And you're like, culture is everything. Jordan, you made a great point. Like it's awesome if a guy comes in and he's got all the talents in the world, but what happens when he has an inevitable bad game? You know, is he isolated? Does he not know how to respond to it? Or does he have people he can turn to like some of the, like Cromwell and, you know, Lindstrom, where you call them, it's like, Hey, what do I do with this? It's like, Oh yeah, sure. You got that. Like you've got support. You're surrounded by people and it's not just random people. It's superstars. It's role models. It's kids coming into the Hawks and looking up to Jonathan Tays and saying, "So how do I, how how do I get myself? How do I get the right energy to like go into this?" And he's like, "Oh, cool! I'll show you how to like do this." That culture takes really talented players and turns them into like a support system and all that. Oh, it's night and day that you've got that. That's so good.
0: Oh, we can jump over to the Hawks news because you guys actually have a piece of news this week that well, oh, I mean, yeah. what was it? Two weeks ago it broke about Patrick Sharp.
1: Sounds about yeah, two weeks ago sounds right.
0: Patrick Sharp like, the year uh,
1: yeah off season could be a week, could be a month. <laughs> I
0: the beautiful man himself, Patrick uh, Sharp is going to be joining the broadcast group. I mean, I kind of joke with people. You know, God always tells people you either get good looks, you get athleticism, or you get wealth, and he got all three. <laughs>
2: uh yeah
1: yeah it's a trifecta
2: with him. i think yeah god could have like gave a little bit of his genetics to overhear but i got screwed <laughs> i guess <laughs> no i mean shout out to patrick sharp i'm thrilled um it's all you know it, it's tough to replace a guy like eddie O. I i know we already gave our eulogy to him so we're not like this is not about eddie O. still but hurts, like, but like yeah yeah but like patrick sharp is just the right guy to do it like he was here he was here at the start of a rebuild like, mm-hmm. in the midst, midst of a rebuild i should say
1: i was gonna say uh-huh. he he him and like keith kicked off the rebuild essentially him keith yeah. Seabrook, because they traded for sharp in 2005 mm-hmm. two years
2: before uh kane and taze joined up yep yeah no, so yeah i mean i'm thrilled i think he's uh he's a voice like adio the reason why we loved him so much he's a voice you could trust i think sharps Another guy that could is a voice you could trust, and he can get away with calling them
1: out. Like I, I think he's a name that not only you know will be listened to, but like Eddie, he can walk that line between being a you know being a fan, being a homer, being a team guy, and also having the credentials. I don't think anyone's going to stop him from saying like, I don't know what they're doing here. That's not why are they doing
2: that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he has he has a respect factor throughout the organization, which is massive, which on the other side of that coin, uh,
1: he'll be splitting the responsibilities this year. I think they're doing like a 50 50 basically split of games with Troy Murray, another fantastic former Blackhawk and someone who has fought and is, you know, fighting can't like it sounds like the cancer's intermission stuff like that which is absolutely fantastic the fact that he is well enough to do half the games is beyond cool and exciting uh i know sharp wasn't really for last we had heard wasn't really sold on committing to a full season this sounds like the best of both worlds for both of them and it gives us two very trusted i mean troy murray i grew up listening to troy murray when he, he would be on different things so like yeah this is awesome this is a good you're never going to replace Eddie O, but these guys don't have to replace Eddie O. they can be themselves yeah no 100 they're
2: two trust. they're two trustworthy people that we've heard on our tv a lot we watch their on our tv a lot uh older hawks fans got to see murray quite a bit yeah uh, light it up but i mean patrick sharp was essentially our version of troy, troy murray i would watch Yeah, to say actually that's a uh, very
1: fair comparison
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I like, I like the, I like the hiring of that. Uh, I think it's good. It's good for the broadcast team. Again, this is a big transition year, but that kind of takes it easy on like we, on our, I think our, on our episode before, like our last real episode before the draft, we were talking like it's there. This person's not here. The next person is stepping into Eddie O's shoes. Like it's going to be so hard to judge, but Patrick Sharp is a perfect. Yeah. Patrick sharp and Troy Murray. Sorry. Let me give flowers to Troy Murray as well. Absolutely. Perfect duo to come and uh, really take over this next era of Blackhawks
0: hockey. The thing is about both of them is like they've both got the credentials. I mean, like you were saying, Tim, to be critical when you need to be critical. Yep. I mean, Patrick Sharp was in Chicago for We've the rebuild. He's been <laughs> on bad teams. He's been <laughs> on great teams. Same with Troy Murray. Like they've they can look at games and be honest about how they're going.
1: I forgot that Sharp. Came back. Remember, it didn't because he came yeah, back. He went like, to Dallas. He
2: went to yeah, Dallas he, yeah, he went to Dallas
1: uh, after 2015, but then he did come back for like his last season. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So he has literally seen all of the ends of the Hawks from the start when we were the Dark Ages all through the dynasty leaves, comes back. And it's like, what is this? This is not the team I left. Uh, And again, yeah. Troy Murray, again, he was on the Blackhawks under dollar bill words. So like, what are you going to do? Like he knows. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. That is one of the things that I look forward to with this season is getting to listen to them and their insights. Um,
0: I forgot before at the top of the episode, um, there is one other piece of wings news to talk about. Philip Sedina signed a three-year contract with the Detroit it's Red Wings. A,
1: I think it's such a good deal. I know people, there's some people that have a beef with it, but
2: like, yeah, go I ahead. Also, Jordan. It's a really good deal.
0: So uh, what is it? It's it's a, just a touch over a million dollars a year. I can't remember the I exact dollar. I think it's 1.5. Dollar. Either way, That's it's like, not an expensive contract. No,
1: it's like a Brandon Hagel contract. It was like three point one point five for three years.
0: Like it is the definitive bridge deal that turns into a prove it deal by the final year. I know a lot of fans are polarized by him, but a million and a half for a guy who's playing like worst case scenario, bottom six for your club. Yeah. That is such a good contract for three years. And if he still hasn't panned out by then, you just cut ties and let him go worst case scenario.
1: I was going to say, would you say his floor is like bottom six defense, like good two-way play? Like I feel like when he's not scoring and doing all the things that like he was drafted for, he developed a very strong two-way game and like he's defensively responsible, like 1.5 mil for three years for a young defensive bottom six guy is what most teams look for.
0: and. Like, that's the thing is it's locked in for three years. It's 1.5. It's just pretty cheap. And the guy like they had to coach the defensive game into him. That's a given. Like, if you watch actual tape of him when he first came into the NHL, oh,
1: yeah.
0: his defensive stats are pretty awful, like, <laughs> but he's gotten better and he's became more of a setup player, which and, and we talked about this a little bit just off the show, but. He's going to get a chance to play underneath a new head coach. So it's one of those things where he might get put in a position that plays better to his offensive strengths. Like you might be able to see his production rise, you know, even, I don't know, we say the 20 point or 20 goal mark this season, right? Cause last year he was shooting around a 5% mark and he ended up with like eight goals you figure if he goes to 10%, which is about a pretty normal league shooting percentage, that puts him at 16. Given you know the odd break by a goaltender, you're sitting somewhere between 16 to 20 goals for 1.5 million. If he goes back to just the league average shooting percentage, that's not bad.
2: No, yeah. yeah. And let's not forget the weapons Detroit added too. So like he's not gonna be like he's not gonna be as Push upon to carry a line. Like they got, they added a lot this offseason and a lot of veteran presence as well. Like there's other scoring threats on the team now. And like Sadina is pretty soon Zadina's gonna be one of those guys that are like teams are gonna start forgetting about, like not game planning around. And he's just, I think he's gonna light it up. I really do. Well, I and think, they also, I think, this, I think this is a steal of a contract. Like he might put up 50 points this year, no problem.
1: 100%. they also didn't have Jacob Rana for, yeah over half the year last year uh they've added new talent they're getting talent that they planned for that didn't have last year you're a hundred right Nick I think this is gonna be a steal of a contract because I do think it's a matter of when not if he shoots up he might never be a first line guy but to be a middle six supplemental scorer for 1.5 are you kidding me That's yeah, great. This is,
2: yeah this is looking like a steal I mean I he could God. be wrong, could be really it, wrong. could be, but like <laughs> he, the the natural ability is there. The raw talent's there. It just I think he had some bad puck luck too. Like I think like his analytics are pretty good and it's just like his finishing just wasn't there.
0: I mean like you could watch it on the tape last year how many times he was sitting slot side on a goaltender wide open net he shoots the puck and the goaltender makes a crazy reach, glove save, and gets it. Any other time, that would have been a goal. <laughs> yeah, he had some
2: weird luck last year. He passes the eye test, that's for sure. And analytics like him. I think it's a good sign. I think it's a really good sign.
0: Uh, like, I'm trying to think because, like, the Wings will have Dylan Larkin, Andrew Copp, Pia Suter gets knocked down to third line center.
1: That's Passed where he him. should be. Yeah.
0: But, like, a real third line center. If Zadina's playing third line with a good two way center, I don't think 20 goals is unreasonable. I,
1: if your third line is Pugh Suter, Dominic Kubelik, and Zadina, I am like, that's a cool third line.
2: Like You could, uh, throw, you could even throw Peron on there.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You've got Peron.
0: Yeah, because yeah, that. they added Perron. They added. Um, I I would be top. surprised
1: if he's not top six, but like also, I'm very curious how they're going to struct. Because where's Volen?o I mean, that's the question I always ask you. But like,
0: he'll have to be playing fourth line this year. I can't imagine they play him anywhere in like the top <sighs> six. And I don't know if he's good enough to boot out P.S. Suter as a three C. So yeah,
1: I don't think he's good. Like I think Rasmussen has a better chance of booting him out for three C than. Suter, I don't know, or or then Valeno, I don't know, that's a tricky one, but you've got but, the good problem of having a lot of options.
0: But yeah. back to the Zadina signing, though, yeah, I think please. this is such a good signing, it has the potential to just firework out of nowhere. It
2: has a, it's a home run, it's a home run potential signing.
0: And the thing is, I like we've we you always hear the phrase, you know, the players gripping the stick, they're trying too hard, yeah. When you're inked for three years, you don't have to grip the stick. You've got some patience. You can be a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, you can relax I guess like, a little. You don't have to yeah, be in like, your head. Yeah. Like it's you can easy, be like easy. more collected with your plays. Like you don't have pressure on you. Crap. I have to go out of this game and I have to produce and,
1: but it's also not high enough or long enough that you can necessarily check out. Yeah, like, some guys that play for a contract and then we see him disappear. This is not a contract that he can afford to do that with. Like he's still, it's enough to keep him hungry, but it's also long enough and stable enough to let him relax. It's it, it, this is a great move.
0: Like, like this isn't the Anthony Mantha five-year, five, $5 million-dollar exactly deal where. After he has that, he's set. he can do what he wants. And we kind of saw that with Mantha. You won't see this with Zadina, I don't think. And if this contract does blow up and he just never reaches, you know, the 15, 20 goal pace that we think he can get to. 1.5 million dollars for eight goals a year is still perfectly fair in the NHL.
1: Absolutely. Not to mention, you can always get a GM to take a swing and do a trade on a first round pro. You know, good pedigree, first round pick. Uh, you can get, a, you can swing a trade for him for some GM that thinks they can save him.
2: Yeah, when Sam Bowman comes back in the I mean, eventually. That's ex- <laughs> there, there you go. That's exactly <laughs> where I'm thinking.
0: Um, I don't think I have anything else for the wings. Do you guys have anything for the Hawks?
1: I mean, the Close only tonight. thing. What'd you say, Nick?
0: Oh, yeah, Marion Hosa. Sorry, oh, okay. his jersey retirement. Yep. So November 20th, Marion Hosa will be having his jersey hung from the rafters at the United Centers. He says who can see Pittsburgh Penguins, right?
1: Yeah, it, which makes sense. I mean, Detroit's the home opener. Uh, the Atlanta Thrashers don't exist anymore. Pittsburgh is the other team that he went to the finals with. Like, it'll be a good Crosby played with him. Like, that'll be a fun game. That'll be a really cool game and much deserved. I mean, Nick, I know we went back in the past and talked about, you know, okay. They're retiring HOSA. Does that mean they retire? You know, this opens a door here, but if we take all the implications and what that means outside of the room, man, he deserved it. Right.
2: Yeah. dude. I mean, I know. Yeah. It was, it was a discussion last year and it kind of got brought back up on Twitter this year. Some Oilers beat reporter was like, He never recorded over 61 points with the Hawks. Like, this is what deserves a jersey retirement. I'm sorry, he was one of the best two way players of all time. He'd dude. have I'm like sorry. five Selkies
1: if he was a center. Yeah, Let's- I'm
2: sorry that you Oilers fans don't know what a two way forward looks like. That you're used to just seeing pucks getting buried in your net and offensive talent, just they, they put up high points, but they're like minus 13 on the year. Hosted heads a three time, three time Stanley Cup champion, he changed the course. If you don't sign Hossa, who knows what happens? Do they yeah. do they win one? Maybe not. He's the best free agent signing I think in Chicago sports history. A hundred percent. That's he led to. He helped lead him to three Stanley Cups. I know it opens the door. Like okay, well, who what cuts the list? I don't care. He deserves it. He is what really turned the page for Blackhawks hockey in Chicago in 2010. Kind of turned the whole yeah. page. Like I mean, 2009 was a great season, but like if that season doesn't happen in 2009. They don't sign Marin Hosa. Marin Hossa doesn't want to go to the Blackhawks. But that season happened in 2009. Hosa signed. That's just another weapon, and oh, the rest is history. Oh, man, so so I, nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be probably one of the very few, one of the only sellouts the Hawks probably have this year. I would guess that as well. <laughs> um, but, no, it's, it's great. I think it's going to be very cool to see. Like, it's going to be Taze, Crosby, Kane, Malkin. They're all going to be. I mean, that's going to be,
1: I mean, yeah, exactly. He played with some of the greatest hockey players of our generation. Like that's so cool that he's gotten to see all that he played with, you know, again, with the, between the red wings in 2000, what was it? Yeah. 2009 uh, because he was Pittsburgh in 2008 played against and lost to the red wings signs with the red wings loses to Pittsburgh. Then he comes to us. Like he's played with some of the all time like tops uh and i'm excited to get the bio his like biography that friend of the podcast scott powers helped uh helped write like that's super cool
2: you know it's very awesome i'm it seems like things are on the up and up with hosa like i can't wait i can't wait to actually read that it's gonna be yeah i'm stoked Scott's a great writer hosa has many great stories i'm very positive of so like this is awesome. I'm excited. I mean, so so happy for us. Obviously, it was supposed to happen last year, then kind of everything unfolded the way it did last year. But I'm glad they got a makeup date in it. And uh, you know, gives the reason gives a reason for Hawks fans to show up.
1: Gives gives year. yeah, exactly. Gives us a reason to be excited right now, which is a great thing.
0: Um the last thing I kind of want to talk about, we're about a week away now from the preseason finally starting. With that being said. What are you guys looking for from the Hawks out of the preseason? Because the regular season is going to be, you know, several month stretch of like just really looking at and evaluating the stuff that you have on your team right now, and probably getting players called up from your system to see actually where you guys are even at in your rebuild. But the preseason, what are you guys looking for out of that?
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, honestly, I think the biggest. My biggest focus is going to be on which young defenseman is going to yeah go grab, go grab a spot. Like we kind of have a sense of what our what our forwards are going to look at. I think there's what McCabe out. I know we gloss over that he's out to like January December. Yeah, January. that's the
1: other piece of Hawks news.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a spinal surgery, right? Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, it's brutal to see, especially getting injured uh, in Buffalo two seasons prior. Uh, so. That, that leaves the door open for what three defensive spots open, like four, two or three at least.
1: Yeah, because dehan has gone, McCabe's out, Gustafson's gone. Uh, you've still got Murphy, Joe, uh, Seth Jones, Caleb Jones, Riley Stillman, but like uh, those aren't locks
2: into the like, no, not certainly and, not. Yeah, so there, there's potentially four four defensive spots open as well as the extra seventh defense when you'd like to keep on your roster so it's gonna be a dogfight I'm I'm excited I like a lot of good young names that are that we've been keeping an eye on for a while so uh I don't know names like uh Ian Mitchell obviously we are, are Ian, Ian well, Mitchell
1: I think is still uh probably the top because he was Rockford's top defenseman last year. And just seeing him play in some of the games that I got to see with uh, going to wolves games, he looks like it. He looked like Rockford's top defenseman, him and Regula were, and I think he's the other name along with Vlasic. Those are the three in my mind that are going to be fighting, but realistically like Jacob Galvis, I think could easily be our seventh defenseman, a guy that you can put in, he's got skill, he can defend. Uh, to your point, Nick, I'm looking for what I'm most excited about, about the preseason is seeing who makes the coaching staff's job difficult. Who's the guy that comes in and he's not part of the plan. And all of a sudden he has to be part of the plan. Like if they've got their mind made up, like, okay, our bottom six is going to be Entweisel Hartman, you know, Hardman, uh, yada, yada, yada. Here we go. And somebody kicks in the door. You know, Cole Gutman yeah. might be the person. Reichel, I know that they said Reichel. They want the next time they have him up, they want him up for the year. They don't want him up and down. So I think right now the mindset is he's the number one Rockford center. Maybe he comes in and says no. Maybe the way that he plays in the preseason has them say he needs to kind he needs to be playing up here that's the thing that I love. Uh, Gustav Forsling did that a few years back yeah. where he was not part of the plan. And all of a sudden, was just like, wait a minute. I like this guy. And it did kind of hurt Gu- yeah. Forsling for a bit. But that happens every year. There's a guy that like shows up and it's like, who are you? You're not part of this.
2: Now you have to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's slaggers out of the out of college now, right? He signed, nope. right? No, he did not. Laggert's got one more year. All right. All right. Never mind that. Um, Because that's,
1: yeah. again, that's, uh, I would love to see him. But I think he'll, he'll be in the NHL next year. I don't think he will be doing Rockford time.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe a guy like Josiah Slavin. Is that a name you want to keep an eye on? I that's think a name a
1: that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on. And he's a name that throughout the prospect tournament, coaches have been high on again talk about the like dream story 7th round pick does everything right works you know works himself hard plays the game the right way i think realistically he could force himself into the bottom 6 maybe be yeah. like a marcus kruger type as a fourth line center or something like i don't think that's
2: unrealistic no i'm i'm 100% excited i uh you know this is a <clears throat> It's just really as excited as you could get for the Blackhawks this year. It's like it feels like the COVID year all over again, where we're it's just going to be experiment after experiment, and that was kind of fun. Like they shocked us. I, hey, hey Nick pop quiz.
1: Uh, yeah. As we're getting into preseason pop quiz, Peter Mrazek is our goalie. Who's our backup? Uh, Stalock Stalock Alex Stalock. Nicely done. I was like, there's no way, there's no yeah. way he knows because it Delac. took me. I had to look it up. I was
2: like, who's. <laughs> Cup, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember, I remember the sign of that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a guy. um <laughs> That is a guy who plays hockey. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I think the other preseason story is going to be: is Mrazic healthy? Does he look like the goalie that, like, at one time he was hoping and expected to be, or is you he going to the- be a guy that lets us get
2: Connor Medard You took the words right out of my mouth, there, Tim. That was going to be. I know everybody. <laughs> Before we get over to Detroit, I just want to do, like, I don't know, one storyline we're kind of looking at. I know everybody's going to be talking about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Like, that's, that's going to be, be the whole year, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm shocked we haven't actually seen it as much as we have yet. I thought it'd be, like, every day that passed, it's like, uh-oh, what's going on? Like, all you see Friedman is, like, comes out, tweets every once in a while. is I was like, on vacation, you know what, uh, got an update on Patrick Kane, still no decision. Oh, like oh, thanks for even glad. Oh, I I could tell you, you know, that too. Like, yeah, way to get the retweets there, buddy. But um, uh, no, I think a storyline that I like for a lot, uh, as well as like a rookie head coach heading uh, handling all that yeah. storyline business. I like, I mean, like you said, Mrazek. This is his chance. Like this is really his last chance. Like he has 100%. a. Ch- this is his chance. Like he's playing. He's gonna play behind a struggling defense. This is his chance to go one more time to have earn his way to a competitive team. Like he this could be a good move for the Hawks as well. Like if the Hawks the Hawks might luck out with the trade. Like if Morazzick looks anywhere near decent, like maybe even stop some great uh, high scoring danger chances, makes amazing saves, keeps the Hawks in games they probably shouldn't be in. He becomes a a buying a team yep. that's buying for a goalie They're looking at Peter Mrazek. Like he's a, he's not a one A. He's not a one B. He's probably a high two A, high backup goalie. But like he's one of those teams. If a goalie goes down, that's the first team you're like. That's the first guy you're looking at if he's having a good season.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I've seen Mrazek firsthand because he he played with the Wings for however many years with Jimmy Howard. I don't expect Morazek to be stealing games for the Hawks, but when Peter Morazek is hot and he's just on his game, he is unstoppable. It's just, can he get to that point for the Hawks this season? Because we saw stretches of it in Detroit where he looked like a Vesna caliber goaltender, but then you also saw stretches where four <laughs> goals, four goals, five goals, five goals. And <laughs> yeah, that's oh, going to yeah, be the I'm... million dollar question for him this year.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying stealing games. Like he's not a stealing game goalie, keeping in, keeping them in games from like what could be a blowout to oh we only lost by two tonight. It should have been seven to one. Um, but no, could he play I think, well enough that we could get a third for him at the deadline? That's what I'm thinking. Like a third round pick. Like that, he, you can fl- you can flip a guy like Mrazek for a third rounder if he's playing well enough. That's what I and think. It, he's not in the Toronto media anymore either. Like Toronto pressure. That's oh, the man. worst market to play in ever. You and, have yeah. no expectations. You have no expectations this year. You're going to be on a rock bottom team. I'll get into that maybe a couple weeks from now when we get to our preseason pre, or our season preview. I'm kind of worried the Hawks might not be bad enough for Bedard. That's a I mean, there's story. a, I mean, the Arizona state coyotes do
1: exist. So
2: yeah. they're um, going to be bad. No, I think Morazic's an in, more interesting of a name that many people are really thinking about this year. Cause he, you could flip them. If a team's desperate enough for a second, a late second, but yeah. Because he has he has two years on his deal left, right? I think it's this year and one more year. That that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not in Toronto no more. There's no pressure. Now's the time to earn your way to another competitive team.
0: I'm. This is off topic, but I'm even trying to remember who did Toronto grab for a goaltender. Now that Freddie Anderson's gone to Matt too? Murray.
2: Yeah, Matt Murray, Peter Marazza 2.0. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, they got what? Matt Murray. <laughs> oh,
1: and, like and from the Samsonoff. Ottawa Senators, right? Yeah, as, as, as two time Stanley Cup champion Matt Murray. And Samsonov. They got Samsonov. <laughs> Actually, Samsonov is the one I'm excited about. Okay. <laughs> real realistically, no, I, I think as of now, the
2: conventional no, Murray. is Matt Murray's the starter. Yeah, I mean that's how uh and, what's his face? What's his what's the GM over there? Dorian? Um Kyle Dubas. Er, oh, Dubas, yeah he stays loyal to those Sue Saint Marie guys or yeah. is that where they came from I think so uh <laughs> Samsonov actually has a ton of talent
1: I, I like he was supposed to be the starter in uh Washington for a couple of years and I don't I don't know he was he had some injuries he just didn't sort of play Solid, uh, as change of scene could be. I mean, I've never heard anyone say a change of scene to Toronto was what they needed. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare, uh, but yeah. <laughs> they're already going after both of them. Like, what a nightmare place to play hockey! Uh, no wonder Austin Matthews looks like he doesn't care about anything. Like, but yeah, that's their goalie tandem. So that's I great. don't
0: even like watch the leaves, but I kind of want to watch now to just see if their forwards can outplay their goaltenders.
1: You say that Matt Murray might be. I mean, he was good on Pittsburgh.
0: I mean, if I'm wrong, I will happily eat crow and say that Matt Murray is a better goaltender than I give him credit for. But I, (laughs) I
2: I feel bad because something went wrong. Because Campbell Campbell went to Edmonton now, right?
0: Yeah, Campbell's in Edmonton. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like. And that's a I, huge – that's an upgrade for Edmonton. Yeah. They, they've got their like, own choices that I've I got opinions on, but – Yeah, th- I mean, it's just – I I don't know. I don't think these goalies are Stanley – like, Murray, yes, Murray did do – Murray it, is a it, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. I know that. But, like, something went wrong. Like, something did go wrong. Yeah. Like, so, I the I, CFs, so I don't know what happened. It just went all downhill. Like, wasn't he waived last year?
1: Yeah, and nobody picked him up.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he
1: clearly played, his play struggled enough that he didn't re-sign in Pittsburgh when he was up, which is how he ended up in Ottawa. Like, he didn't get traded. Like, they signed him in the offseason. I don't know. I, I mean, when it comes to feel-good storylines, I hope he finds it again. Like, you love to see something like that. I don't know what the struggle is there, but something went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope the best for him. Toronto Media is not exactly the place to find yourself, though.
2: No. Yeah, uh, one bad game, and guess what? You're Oh uh, yeah, it's a, you're yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean, that's another interesting storyline. I mean, it's <laughs> holy hell. Like, I know we say it every year. <laughs> Toronto, your time's ticking, dude. Like you gotta this is the like Davis, is you don't you don't get out of the first, you don't get out of the second round this year. You're probably gone. They've got yeah. like Matthews only has like one or
1: because I, I thought he signed a three-year deal. Yeah, he uh, signed a
0: short one. Like I think, I think it was, it was it like a five. In, I
2: think it expires in 2025. Okay, as I say, his the years are ticking on the Matthews deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's going back.
1: I no. Wouldn't. And you know what? i I've said this a couple times. I know I hop on my soapbox, but like, you don't owe anything to the team that drafted you because they were bad enough to be first. <laughs> Go where you want to go. It's the only sports is the only profession in the world where you don't have autonomy over like where you go. So, like, I think it was cool of Tavares to leave the Islanders. Uh, I think it'll be cool when Austin Matthews leaves the Leafs, like, he goes to the Coyotes to go back home. Yeah, exactly. Like, cool. I think it was cool that Kane and Tay stayed with the Hawks for as long as they did not because they had a sense of, like, loyalty, but because, they're like, they were having fun, and, like, this is where they wanted to be. Like, I I, I just hope Austin Matthews does what makes Austin Matthews happy. <laughs>
2: yeah. While well, we're in the Eastern Conference, Jordan, we talked Leaf storyline, we talked Hawks oh, yeah. Line. Do you have a storyline? I know we talked a lot, like, could be a steal in Zadina's uh, contract. Is there a storyline you're kind of looking out for the Red Wings as we're approaching training camp? I mean, for the season or, pros- or
0: preseason? The big thing for the preseason, I think, is going to be can Jonathan Bergren show the coaching staff that he needs to be on the NHL roster? Because last year he put up fantastic numbers at the AHL level. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that I think he's better potentially on the fourth line center than Joe Valeno, which he put up better numbers than Joe Valeno did in the Grand Rapids system. And as much as I like Joe Veleno, I would rather see Berger in there if he's better suited for that position. The other one is, does like when, well, based on what we see of Simon Evanson at preseason, how much is Detroit's coaching staff gonna trust him with like you know ice time at the show if they decide he's coming to the NHL? Because, like I said, it's not going to be a Moritz Sider style transition for him. I do think there's going to be a transition period of him playing bottom four minutes. And Detroit got a lot better this offseason with their defense. And I was saying this on Reddit for a while. They picked up who is it? Ben Chirot? Yeah, Ventura. Yeah, yeah, I was
2: just gonna say I think that's his pairing partner for the early part of the season.
0: Like I know people want, you know, defensive pairs that play both hands, but I honestly think that that pickup was for Simon Edvinson because I think they might have seen it on the wall that he wasn't gonna have that transition that Moritz Sider had to the NHL level where he immediately stepped in, was immediately the number one defenseman, could carry anybody. I think that the Ben Chirat signing was for this transition period and I'm curious how much coaching staffs going to look at him and say we think that you're good enough to be playing third line or second line or you're going to be playing you know second power play unit as the extra man as opposed to saying okay we're going to trust you with penalty kill minutes we're going to see you know how are you playing s- on you know, like a top four role consistently—that I think is going to be the big takeaway for the Wings. Those two storylines, right there.
2: Are you worried about outside of preseason? Are you worried about sophomore slumps?
0: I'd be wrong if I said that I didn't think that Lucas Raymond is going to have one. I think he will. I, I think a lot of his success last year, even though he was good, I think it was because the league just didn't see him coming.
1: I I don't know if it's going to be a sophomore slump, but I do think that now leagues have tape, on, like every team has tape on him and he's not going to be coming out of the blue. Now he's going to be doing the thing sort of like he's going to have to get creative and adjust when teams have an answer for him. How does he adapt? That's what makes a superstar in this league. So that's what I'm curious to see from him this year.
0: And I think the important thing for Lucas Raymond is a lot of people are, you know, they're pumping him really hard saying, Hey, he's going to be a superstar player. I want to see how he looks when he's not playing with Dylan Larkin yeah. because Dylan Larkin is one of those players who makes everyone around him better. I want to see how he looks when he's not playing with Dylan Larkin, whose feeding him pucks are helping cover for like his defensive lapses. I want to see if he can still be as productive.
1: On that note, I want to see it's like the brink at the year that his scoring sort of dried up and that's what he was famous for. What do you do? You're going to go through scoring slumps. Uh, How do you still play the game? How do you bring it every night on the ice? How do you contribute if you're not scoring? That's going to be really cool to see in his sophomore year, how he evolves as a player.
0: Yeah. Detroit, like they have a lot of good pieces coming, but there also are some question marks about some of the current pieces that they have coming up through the system. What's going to happen with them? Because I mean like you said Nick they spent dollars this off season in the free agency pool and so there is real competition for those younger guys to actually push players out of you know slots in the lineup there is no assignment by default there is now you have to earn your spot right
2: It's a good spot to be in though that drive. I mean, yeah exactly that's the right <laughs> competition's the best inter inter team competition's the best cuz it drives out the brings the best out of everyone
0: I think that's sort of like the storyline for the wings going into the preseason. It's again, it's does Jonathan force the coaching staff to say, Hey, we need to make a place for him somewhere. And also based on what they see, what are they going to be willing to, you know, trust Simon Edvinson with during the regular season. And then does, does Lucas Raymond look as good without Dylan Larkin? Because him and Dylan Larkin were stapled to each other all season last year.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, dear, oh, oh am I good? Yeah, you good? Okay. okay, it's gonna be a nice year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think the Red Wings. I, like I said, I think they are scratching and clawing at the that wild card spot. I, I think they, so too.
1: I, I think that it that it's not unrealistic to think they sneak into the playoffs this year.
0: I hope it does for our sake. It'd be fun to have playoff hockey again. If it doesn't happen, I do think that they will be close though. I think they'll be right there. Definitely. I can't foresee them having a meltdown like again this year, just given the acquisitions they made. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think they got you weaker
0: got... anywhere. No,
2: nah. uh, no, they got, they definitely are probably one of the most improved teams in the league. Like they've improved as much as you possibly could. And like, in a year, uh, a rebuild year. What was I just been saying? Like this is year I'm, I've been here for three years. So this is year three of the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Or is it five years? How long? No, is it he's been
0: only there? been here for three years.
2: Holy shit. But the, the, the rebuild itself has been like five years. Yeah. The rebuild yeah.
0: has been a five year.
2: But I think, I think this might be, I really think this is the year Detroit either makes it or they're like last team out.
0: And, like, I'm hoping for that. Like, I think it is a realistic expectation for this club. There are expectations this year going into the season that, hey, they need to be hanging in games all throughout the year. There shouldn't be any of these, like, blowout games anymore. And if there's a blowout game, it needs to be once in a great while, not a consistent, like, stretch of them. Right. Yeah,
2: it's going to be once in a while. Um, I mean, other than that, I just want to say, Congrats to uh, Kirby Doc! Uh, nice little extension for him in Montreal. So, hoping the best for him for sure. Montreal, I kind of sneaky like. Uh, they, yeah, I, had, I think that I think they have a decent squad. I had them going to the Cup Finals last year, so I'm not
1: saying nothing on Montreal this year. <laughs>
0: They could be like Colorado, though, how like they were competitive for a while. They had like that one weird freak year where they were awful. And then they're right back in the mix.
1: Honestly, Marty St. Louis changed that team this year. Uh, I'm very excited to see what they do. Again, I out of the Canadian teams, I think Montreal's probably my choice. If I had to pick a Canadian team, I I love them. So let's go. I mean, oh, they, Doc, got Sean yeah. Doc they got and Suzuki. Sean be Monahan good. now. Yeah, Doc Suzuki, yeah. Sean Monahan, uh, Jake Evans. Like that's that's good center depth.
2: Yeah, and then you got Cole Caulfield, Jude, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Jude Jude
0: no, 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 no,
2: no, that's no. we've got him. I know uh, you. That's know, the first out. overall pick. Slavkowski, Slavkowski, Slavkowski. there you go. Jesus Christ, holy cow. We're a little rusty here, we're a little rusty here. Yeah, exactly, we're getting back into it. I mean, mean, before we wrap up the show, I guess we're coming up, we're coming up on our season preview of one of one of my favorite shows of the year. I love it, I'm so excited. Make some
1: outrageous predictions.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's pretty much it for the show. There's nothing else on, it as far as I'm aware, in the docket to talk about. Um, like I said, preseason is going to be starting next week, so we'll finally start getting games next week, and then after the preseason, it's off to the races, boys. There we go. I mean, thank for
2: Bedard, baby.
0: <laughs> lose hard for Bedard.
2: Yeah, that's, I'll that's take it. it. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's going to be our show for tonight. Um, For anybody who's tuned in and either listened or watched, we appreciate you guys tuning into the show. At the end of the day, it's a podcast by fans for fans. There's no corporate sponsorship or anything like that. So it's kind of fun just getting to say what we think and, you know, get real opinions that don't have to, you know, appease people. Um, for your host tonight, Jordan, Linscott, and for my co-host, Tim Stampinato and Nickel Page, this has been another edition of the Stickblade Podcast. If you guys liked us, feel free to check us out on all the social media platforms. We're all over the interwebs, so feel free to give us a like, follow, share, whatever the currency is of choice on the platform you like us on. And we'll catch you guys back here next week, hopefully right before the preseason starts. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and stay safe. We'll catch you guys back here next time. Take care.